Bucknutters. It is Thursday. Let me check and make sure because it's a holiday in so many words. Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. We usually get one or two shows like this a year. The day after a quarterback joins the fold for Ohio State, given the idea that there is a pipeline or a highway directly to the Heisman ceremony over the last few years. This is a impactful day. So we've got Bill Kerlick here. We've got Mark Porter here. And we're going to get into it. First things first, if you are not subscribed to our YouTube page, you did not get delivered this morning Mark's detailed video breakdown of Tavian St. Clair. If you are a subscriber, that stuff gets delivered to your inbox. You can't get that any other way. That is premium. We need you to go and sign up for the YouTube page to be a subscriber. As I've said, we are locked in a battle with the Michigan, Georgia, and Penn State sites to see who can get the most subscribers. If for no other reason, allow Ohio State to be atop another list when it is released, though it is behind closed doors here. Now, gentlemen. We discussed this last week. In fact, Bill, I called you last week and said, even after a show where we talked about a quarterback commitment was not imminent, I called you and said, I have a feeling Tavian St. Clair is going to pull the trigger here sooner rather than later. You agreed. And here we are. You were there yesterday, Bill. If you could label the scene or describe it, I can't think of a more dramatic uh, camp scene, which, by the way, camps are not that dramatic. (laughs) But for a team camp to come down to a seven-on-seven game at the end of the day between two Ohio quarterbacks, both of which you know, uh, and then to have one of them commit makes for a long day for the Dean, (laughs) but a productive one. So, Bill, you were there for every step of the way yesterday. Kind of take us through the whole day, if you would. And Mark and I will get a sandwich. <laughs> well, first of all, before you get your sandwich, Mark, I, I, uh, if you, Dan mentioned the uh, breakdown that uh, is on our site, Mark, and um, kudos to Mark. Um, gosh, months ago, he was starting to throw his chips in on Tavian, uh, if you remember right on these podcasts. And Mark turned out to be exactly right. Tavian uh, ends up the guy for Ohio State in this class. And um, so you wanted to look at that breakdown because Mark was on this way early. Um, as far as yesterday, yeah, it was a it was a wild day. Uh, scripted in Hollywood, I think. The uh, two Ohio quarterbacks get to the finals and duel it out. And I mean duel it out. That was a great show by both of them. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure if um, Finley went undefeated all the way through. I think they did. 
but I'm not 100% sure on that. I know Bell Fountain was undefeated going into that championship game and started, uh, gosh, that championship game started around 5.15, I think. Um, and it was a great one. Bell Fountain um, and Finley, it was back and forth. Neither team was stopping the other team, really. Um, uh, both quarterbacks were on target. And I will say that uh, Tavian, to get his team in the semifinals, made some incredible throws, back shoulder throws for end zone touchdowns and throws the guys in the end zone that were, were tightly covered for touchdowns. Uh, just very impressive. Um, Ryan Montgomery was extremely impressive uh, all day long, but especially in the championship game. His team won by one point. And it was on a kind of a controversial play. Uh, there was a pass interference call uh, against Bell Fountain that uh, enabled a drive to continue for Finley. And ultimately, they got the win basically because of that drive. And, and it was a little controversial. There, you don't really overly see a lot of people getting hot and bothered in a seven-on-seven, seven, but there were some, some upset people there. And people being held back a little bit and stuff. It was just really pretty wild. And um, Bell Fountain, like I said, they, they lost by one point in the championship game to Finley. And, and I, I got to emphasize again, both quarterbacks were really good all day long. These two quarterbacks are great high school quarterbacks. And um, uh, in the end, Finley came out on top. But I think both of these guys are going to have a great future at the next level. We know now Tavian's future is at Ohio State with the commitment. Um, so then after the uh, seven-on-seven championship was over, Bell Fountain um, went into the Woody Hayes facility. And all of the uh, Bell Fountain players were, were sitting in the Woody Hayes facility. They were just kind of waiting. And I'm not sure they knew why they were waiting there, but they were all just sitting sitting there waiting. And uh, by the way, Marvin Harrison was working out on the uh, jugs machine. They could at least watch that. While, and that was very impressive, I might That's add. But they, uh, they could at least watch that. And then finally, we kind of found out why they were waiting. Um, the uh, Bell Fountain coach had Tavian officially tell his teammates all together in the Woody Hayes facility, Tavian announced to his teammates that he was an Ohio State commitment. And the commitment actually happened um, the day before Tavian and, uh, committed to Ohio State coach Ryan Day and Corey Dennis uh, when he showed up on Tuesday at the camp. Um, then afterwards, uh, uh, Tavian did, did, a, did a couple interviews but uh, there was kind of a decision then. Taven had planned to announce his decision, announce his commitment to the world once he got back to Bell Fountain um, on Wednesday night, maybe around 6.30, 7 o'clock in that area. Um, then they decided since kind of people, a lot of people were starting to find out, maybe she, he should go ahead and put it on Twitter right now from the Woody Hayes facility, announce it then. But Tavian decided to just stay with his plan. He said, nope, I, I want to wait till I get home and announce it. And he did. It was a little bit later because they got home later. The whole thing lasted longer. But he ended up announcing around 7.30 last night that he was a Buckeye. 
your thoughts, Bill? Are you surprised it happened this early? Obviously, Ohio State has to be ecstatic. And I think it's important to note that you said this was choosing between two diamond rings here. I was going to say something. I was going to say it. I'm going to say it. For me, this is the Selma Hayek Halle Berry choice here. You know what I mean? You can't go wrong. So just kind of describe the scene in terms of do you think this is a relief to the coaches? Where do they go from here kind of thing? Well, yeah, I, I, they're glad, very happy to have him in the fold. And he did originally want to wait it out and, and take his time a little bit more. But uh, last Thursday, Tavian told his dad, I know where I want to go. I want to be a Buckeye. And his dad said, you know, are you 100% sure? And he said, yeah. Um, but his dad really wanted him to sleep on it for a few days, pray about it a little bit, and just make a hundred, a thousand percent sure. And, and Tavian did. And, and as he, uh, as Tavian said, he said, I was so anxious to do it. I couldn't wait till Monday or Tuesday to get here to finally do it. I knew in my heart so much that I wanted to be a Buckeye. And you know what? Uh, I also need to say a couple things about the, the families. Um, Ryan Montgomery and his family are about as good as it gets. They are just tremendous people. And uh, I was very impressed that Ryan tweeted out a big congratulations to Tavian last night afterwards. You're not going to get better people than the Montgomerys. Just tremendous people. And Ryan's got a great future ahead of him. And then I, I, I was with a lot of the day yesterday. Uh, Tavian had a lot of extended family. Uh, family from Florida, uh, grandparents there and other family, just tremendous people as well. So the Buckeyes uh, and whoever gets Ryan Montgomery are getting great players, great young men and great families. And speaking of family, uh, Ryan's brother is likely to be blocking for Tavian at some point in the relatively near future. Mark? We love letting you wet your whistle, letting you get a little break here before you we cut you loose and uh, pull the cord. What are they getting in Tavian Sinclair? Obviously, this was a decision um, between, obviously, I can say obviously a few more times. It came down to these two guys. We've talked about this. It's rare to get two elite corners from one state in one class. It's probably even more rare if you're not in Georgia, Florida, Texas, or California to get two quarterbacks like this. I can't remember a time when we've had two guys of this ilk in the same class. You're talking about Georgia and Alabama offer types. Do you agree with the decision? What are they getting? Kind of your sense of the whole deal being the Ohio recruiting guru that you are. Yeah, it was uh, Braxton Miller and Cardell Jones was the last time. And I think that was 2011-ish, maybe, nine, maybe, I don't know. It was back a ways, but you don't you don't see it. And if uh, there are 717 high schools in Ohio, 717 quarterbacks, odds are 350 are seniors, maybe. Uh, only about three to five go Division One every year, FBS, Division One. There's been years where we've had one or two. Uh, three or five would be a big year. This year is a pretty good year for quarterbacks, but to have two at the top of the food chain is extremely rare. When I say we have three to five, that means there's three or four Mac quarterbacks and maybe a big right. 10 quarterback. You know, it's, it's not, uh, this much of a power heavy, you know, type of class, but this one, yeah, these guys are special. And, uh, in my breakdown, of course, Ryan burst onto the scene first 
but if you were following the the St. Clair, you know, uh, locomotive, uh, you know, there were signs, there were early offers, there was a growth spurt. Uh, like when I did the breakdown, I went back to the week nine, and as I was watching the tape, he looks little on film. He does not look like the kid I saw at the camp last week. And I went back, and uh, the actual the height and weight I set on film was like six two one eighty or something, or you know. And now he's six four two ten, and that's just in a six month time span, seven month time span. So he really got in the weight room. And talking to his father, he brought up that yeah, he was one hundred eighty seven pounds back in January. Uh, and basketball season hits, and if you know anything about basketball players, they don't add weight during the season. They're usually cutting it with all the running they're doing. So he really bulked up. And, you know, everything I do is like a stock report. Uh, you know, you, you can start buying stock early, and you can start watching the stock price rise. And, you know, yeah, we started doing that. Like Bill said, he, he gave me a little bit of credit there, but it wasn't hard to see last year that this kid was really good. And then at 6'4", 210, he's a damn man. I mean, he is a presence out there when he's standing with the quarterbacks. He's one of the bigger, thicker guys in the group. When he's standing around the coaches, he's bigger than the coaches. So he brings that presence. Uh, in the breakdown, what I like about him is he's got a real natural passing motion, but he can give you a little sidearm or a little three-quarter spin or – he's got a very natural delivery where he can throw it a lot of different ways with accuracy and speed. Um, it, going back to what a great person he is, the Ryan Montgomery tweet made total sense to me. When I was at the Michigan camp, those two were on the sidelines hanging out for the first hour or so, just stretching, and they were kind of easing their way into the situation. They were getting the uh, red carpet treatment, let's so to speak. They didn't have to do all the early testing. I mean, that stuff's beyond them now. But they were piling around, and you would sense, no, like these guys are competing for a Michigan offer today. They're competing to go to the same place. Um, and, and, you know, and a lot of quarterbacks are like that. You see it in the NFL. Quarterbacks after the game, they run over, they hug the other quarterback, and they're out of there. You know, it, there's a certain brotherhood with those guys. So uh, it didn't shock me at all to see that type of uh, camaraderie between the guys. Uh, the other things you're getting with St. Clair is there's more meat on the bone. Okay, and there's more upside there. there there's more to come. Uh, he's just getting started, you know, with confidence and talking to people around him, you know, like, yeah, he, he, you know, like until you're really named the guy and, and given these offers, uh, it, it changes the way you think a quarterback. You know, sometimes, and I made this analogy, if you're in a battle with another guy and you throw a couple of completions, you may have lost a job. But if someone names you the starter and says, hey, you're the guy, you throw a couple of completions, it doesn't phase you because you know you got more to make it up. So I think he's going to play freer, play with less pressure, and, you know, let it loose and let it fly. And, you know, like uh, Bill alluded to, uh, in these seven-on-sevens, uh, I don't think any of us would say that Finley and uh, Bell Fountain have the best receivers in Ohio. Uh, there were probably much better receivers on other teams. But what makes this thing go in a seven-on-seven is a quarterback. And when you're throwing back shoulders – and like Bill was saying, some of the routes that he had to fit in there, he's willing his team to win. And that's a quality in a quarterback and an evaluation thing that you don't really see that often where this kid not only can throw the ball, but he can make other players better. You know, you, there's quarterbacks in the NFL. You go play with Aaron Rodgers, all of a sudden Garrett Wilson's one of the best receivers in the league because he has someone that can get him the ball. Uh, you'll see uh, Tom Brady make guys better. You know, there's – there's certain places you go. If you go to with Lamar Jackson, uh-oh, receivers, you're hoping you get 45 catches this year, 
Okay, and he's a great quarterback, but there's some guys, and maybe St. Clair has this, where when you're at a smaller school, you're going to make your receivers big time. And <laughs> it's funny, there's receivers that play with Drew Aller, not to digress, that had 100 catches, and a year later, they had a great quarterback a year later, but all of a sudden, it wasn't as easy for them to, you know, to do those totals again. So uh, quarterbacks have a lot to do with making receivers great, in my opinion, and, and he's a guy that'll do that. Uh but a lot of stuff we could talk to about the excitement of him committing. And and I'm glad Bill had pointed out that Ryan Montgomery, you know, was right there with him the whole time. And this really was. Uh, when we saw it, when we saw both of them offered, I think it was two weeks ago, someone's going to commit soon. It, it, the levity or the gravity of this situation will hit home for one of these families. And this whole talk of we're going to wait this process out and go on visits, um, that'll evaporate. And it did. You know, the common sense kicked in. and. There is no better place, like you said, Dan. It's a, it's right to the Heisman podium or the right to the Heisman ceremony, if not winning it. So, good luck to these guys as they go forward. The Ohio State quarterback has become one of those marquee spots, um, really in sports right now, um, which will make it, you know, both easier to recruit and expectations will be high. Another thing that st- stands out to me about Tavian when you say meat on the bone, you can tell he's not. Uh, what he's going to look like physically in a few years. He's still got braces. He's still got a baby face. Let's just say this. This dude will not be struggling for dates at any point in time going forward. He's a big, good-looking kid. Um, I just think he he almost, if you look at the way the game is moving, he's borderline the prototype for what you want because he has the strength to throw from the pocket. He can get outside and run a little bit. He's probably not uh, run first, but then he's athletic enough and big enough to stand up to some pounding. You know what I mean? Because durability for a guy who moves around too much, your Robert Griffin types, you hold your breath every time they get hit. Whereas these guys who come in 225, 230 with a little bit bigger butt, you know what I'm saying, can take a hit. And just a more – we talk about – I mean, Trent Dilfer talks about this all the time, and it's true – the most important ability is availability. So if you're injury prone or anything like that, that's a bad scene. All right. Now there's some so, low hanging fruit questions here. I want to hit real quick. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go a little further. Like everyone wants a comp, you know, a comparison. Who does he remind you of? You know, what is, what are his characters? Not that they'll ever be those players, but it was real easy. He's a CJ Stroud clone. I mean, CJ showed you that he can run and so can St. Clair. They're both bigger. They're both stronger with the different arms. They're going to be, very similar. I even threw out the Cardell Jones and, you know, as you say, like a Patrick Mahomes, he kind of looks like Patrick Mahomes a little bit, but same type of thing. Those weird arm angles that, you know, maybe not as, but I don't want to say as fast as Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes, I think only ran a four seven at the combine, which isn't a godly number to get to. And I, and I'm not saying, you know, they're similar in speed, but there's some comps out there where this kid meat on the bone, he could reach a pretty high place right now. And he only got to this size and weight in the last month or two. I mean, right. he, he he's just getting here and feeling out this new body and all these new tools he has and new strength. And, I mean, wait till he gets to the Ohio State weight room. So, yeah, obviously, meat on the bones, a nice way to say it. But there's there's upside for days. Lest we forget, Patrick Mahomes' father was a tremendous pitcher in the major leagues. I and mean, even his knucklehead brother that everyone has seen stuff of, I have a friend who coached high school basketball in Texas and coached against him, and he was a really good high school basketball player. So 
the apple didn't fall so far from the tree there. All right, like I was saying, Bill, speaking of apple tree, low-hanging fruit, the common questions coming now are, will Ohio State take two quarterbacks in the class? Will Ryan Montgomery be that second quarterback? If not Ryan Montgomery, who? Could it be Bryce Underwood? And then where do you expect Ryan Montgomery to ultimately land if it's not Ohio State? Bill, let's take a quick break and come back and answer those questions at the 20-minute mark here. Pay some podcast bills. And we're back. William, do you need me to refresh those questions or can you handle it? I think I'm okay. Rock and roll. I, um, you know, as far as two quarterbacks in the class, that's, I don't want to say it could not happen, but I don't expect it to happen. Uh, they've, they've gone with one high school quarterback in every class in each class. And, uh, for Ryan day. And I expect that to be the case here. Um, absolutely. Could it not happen? Well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen on the high state roster. You know, maybe some guys leave, uh, unexpectedly. I don't know. You know, again, I don't expect that to happen, but you never know. So I guess, you know, there there is a chance, a slight chance that if things happen on the roster unexpectedly, that they could need uh, another quarterback um, by the time 2025 guys are ready to sign. So we'll see. But I, I really don't expect that to happen. I think uh, they went with the Tristan Gebbia model and then mm-hmm. uh, of finding an experienced guy if they really need a guy like that. Uh, and I tend to think they would go that direction. But again, 2025 is a, is a little ways off yet. So we'll see. As far as Ryan Montgomery, you know, I don't expect him to be at Ohio State now. Um, where he's going to end up, yeah, he's got a lot of great options. You know, he's got offers from Michigan, Georgia, and South Carolina and Penn State. And, you know, I know Mark has talked about Penn State with Ryan. So there's a lot of great options there for Ryan. Um, I he, it was a, what a duel, two great quarterbacks. And uh, Ryan will find a great home. And he, I really, I'd slide my chips on him being a very good quarterback at the next level as well. No doubt. You know, in, in the nature of that quarterback position, I would assume there's an NIL attached to this, and I'm, I'm sure the quarterback position draws a nice NIL, and it's hard to do that twice if you're Ohio State, give up that type of boatload to bring in two. Not that they had to do that, but my point would be is those other schools you mentioned are going to bring in one quarterback, and he's going to get a bag full. You know, right. So that's a new competing factor. But if there is one quarterback like Braxton and Cardell where they would do two – it's when you have a brother on the team and you've had a relationship with the staff for a couple of years where if that kid came to them and said, Hey, I want to be a part of your team. I don't mind competing. And it's, you know, I'd like to be with my brother. I'm sure they would accept it, but a lot of common sense says, yeah, there's, there's, there's too much money out there in this day and age for two quarterbacks in a class. And yeah, go take the premier position somewhere else. Generally speaking, I agree. And then, specifically with the Montgomerys, they're quite the worldly family when it comes to recruiting. Keep in mind, this kid has visited Washington. Um, so I, I don't see them having to take a second well, spot here. They're, they're going to be a worldly family because on Saturdays, they're going to need to be now. Where uh, I, I would have, if I was a dad, I would have been like, yeah, I'll have the combo jersey and what if the teams meet and, 
you know, what if St. Clair and him meet and he's at Michigan or Penn State? I mean, these storylines will be Bill and I will be like, remember the day they played at seven on seven, you know, like the old timers, but th this story's not done right in itself. And, you know, these teams, who knows where they'll be, uh, but very interesting. How about this for a transition? Speaking of Ohioans that we are steadfastly following, this weekend offers up visits from you-know-who, Bryce West, Aaron Scott, um, a cavalcade of stars, Damarian Witten, Bill, who is coming this weekend, and can our hearts take another commitment or defection from this crew? Well, um, last weekend was a huge weekend talent-wise for Ohio State, and yeah, I'm still, I still have, and hearing good vibes from what happened last weekend at Ohio State, and I, I, I think uh, there's probably going to be good vibes after this weekend too. Uh, they've got the three Ohioans coming in for official visits: the the cornerbacks, Aaron Scott, and then Bryce West from Cleveland, Glenville, and then his teammate Demarion Witten. The, tight end at Glenville. So those guys are coming in for their official visits. Miles Lockhart from Arizona, um, who has long loved Ohio State, I might add. Um, you got Kingston, from uh, the linebacker from California. Who, uh, Kingston. Yeah. Not even going to take a shot at the last I'm name. I'm easy. Via Asama. Uh, <laughs> I, but I just like to call him Kingston. Uh, coming in, Justin Scott. They got one commitment coming in, Peyton Pierce. Um, I believe Mylon Graham may be coming in too. I have to check on that. But um, uh, you know, I, I I have early good vibes on this weekend too. Let me put that put it put put it that way. Any change or vibes or feelings on the uh, the cornerbacks? Cornerbacks, you said the yeah. Well, we've done plenty on quarters. We yeah. flipped the corners. Okay. Um, well, I've got, um, and I've had them crystal balled for a long time. Uh, three of those guys crystal balled to Ohio State. Aaron Scott, I crystal balled really early to Ohio State. I mean, really early. Bryce West, pretty pretty darn early, too. And then Miles Lockhart, I crystal balled him to Ohio State very early, too. Uh, don't I don't feel any different right now on those picks. Um, what I will say is, that Ohio State uh, will take four cornerbacks in this class. And um, I said I'm hearing even, you know, more and more good vibes still from last weekend. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, I still hear, you know, good, good vibes on things. And Kobe Black, the cornerback from Texas, uh, don't sleep on him being a Buckeye. He, uh, he had a great visit last weekend. I'm not – quite ready to put that crystal ball in yet, but don't sleep on that one. Bill, Mika Hanna has a question. Chances with Justin Scott? Oh, Mika, you're, you're, you're uh, uh, asking about a, a, a guy that's hard to get a, a great read on at this point. Let's wait and see how his official visit goes. Um, I wouldn't pick Ohio State right now, but he hadn't made that official visit yet. I got a question I want Mark to answer. The guy that has not been discussed as much as I believe it's Torian Nichols out of the Cincinnati area. If I'm not mistaken, he got an offer from Alabama at camp 
So you're talking about an elite prospect here. Is this a wait and see? Is this a, there's only two spots at the end. Uh, Mark, where do you compare, compare to Ryan Nichols to the aforementioned duo? And then Bill, maybe you can put it all in context for us. Yeah. You know, like uh, I should be the guy rooting for the Ohio kids and putting my chips on all those guys, but the names you mentioned out of state, a cornerback, and we've broken those guys down, they're all on the level. You know, you could take any three of the five or six we're looking at, and Mark Porter's happy. Uh, if they all were from Ohio, Mark Porter would be even happier. Uh, Ryan Nichols is the speedster of the group. Uh, Scott and uh, West, they're a little bit bigger, a little more solid at corner, have like maybe a little more girth to them. But it, Ryan's the 100-meter the guy, the guy that when he turns and runs, there's no one who's probably going to run by him. Uh Tabron Beanie Powell just committed to Notre Dame. I know one of the first offers for Nichols was Notre Dame and Michigan. So I, I know there'll be players in this thing, and I'm not following his recruitment as tightly. Uh, Alabama changes everything, but I'm not so sure Alabama would be, you know, the move for him. Uh, but, yeah, if, if Scott or West doesn't show up there, why not take one of the fastest kids in Ohio who's blown up and has every offer? I mean – Sometimes, just like Ryan Montgomery, just because we offer West and Scott first doesn't mean they're better than Nichols or other guys. You know, it's just the evaluations on those guys were done sooner. Um, and I don't, I don't know, some kids are older, they mature later. Uh, there's there's all times coaches will tell me, Mark, he's a young junior. He's still whatever, you know. And, and, and you know, having kids and stuff, you start to appreciate that a little more where that extra six, eight months, we just saw what Tavian Sinclair just did. I mean, I literally had a film of him in November at 6'2", 6'3", 180, and he's 6'4", 210 plus. Uh, and he looks like a totally different – if he walked in the room and said it was the same kid a week ago, I wouldn't have believed you. So I know the fans dig in the kid and the name familiarity and the, you know, the IQ score, whatever that score is, that the name recognition goes higher with West and Scott. But these other guys are in the ballpark with them. You know, like three years from now, it, it might not be such a big difference. So – I'm fine with all of them. I really, I mean, they all passed the, the man-to-man test, the, the zone coverage test. It's just little finite differences. If you were doing Madden ratings, some of them have a 97 here and a 99 here and a 96 here is their ratings, and it goes, but they're all 99s, you know, at the end of the day. So, yeah, go with those guys. You'll be fine. And I've even said the kid from Moeller, Carson Hobbs, is great going to Notre Dame. You know, he, he would be acceptable to me if Ohio State was in on him. Bill, finish the show off. Do you believe Ohio State will get all three Nichols, Scott, and West? Um, Nichols, Scott, and West, probably not. Um, you know, like I said, I still feel Scott and West. I still have them crystal ball to Ohio State. Uh, my gut feeling right now is that uh, Nichols will probably go elsewhere, but you don't know. You never know what's going to happen. Again, Ohio State can take four corners if – they so choose to. Um, uh, Kobe Black, if he wants in, right. he's going to be yeah. in. Yeah. And again, don't sleep on that possibility. We will not sleep on that. Do not sleep on these two. They have been hard at work for you guys on the trail, and that will continue, obviously, starting tomorrow and into the weekend. Bill will be there with bells on, and Mark is all over it as well. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. You could have already watched Mark's breakdown and been a more informed quarterback guru for this show. We hope everybody enjoyed the pod. Have a good one, Bucknutters.